<laughs> Dude, I didn't even know I was jerking it, to be honest. <laughs> I just looked down. I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just want to congratulate you. This is like the first woman that's hit on you in ages. Dude, I, I, think, I'm men, just yeah. a, I think I'm just oblivious because uh, me and Vic went to a food truck thing downtown, right? This is like you I think you told, us, last you told us on the last show, dude. Oh, did I? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I was that's just, how infrequent I, it happens. You have to tell us every two weeks. <laughs> I was just completely oblivious, dude. It's like, what do you mean you always go all the way? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Sorry, obviously, with her first base is anal sex. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see what home plate looks like if that is <laughs> that's the case. Home plate that's being Ask seen together in public. Oh, that's <laughs> holding hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Works in reverse. Yeah, right. Yeah. We start with butt fucking. We end up holding hands. That's love. That's, that's Georgia really way. how it works, bro. I'm, I'm telling you, just like every time I've met a girl, like it's like okay, we have sex, and then like we kind of sort of talk, and we don't know whether we're like talking or dating, and then like somebody like finally like okay, we're dating now. All right. Then we finally get seen in public together. <laughs> it's just like that's just the way it works nowadays, man. The coming out party, that kind yeah, of different it, kind of coming out party. Right, right. Do you, are you a hand holder? Do you and Vic hold hands? I fucking love physical touch. Oh, see, I I'm love it. Not. And Vic hates it. She hates yeah. any form of PDA. She yeah. does not like kissing in public. She does not like holding hands in public. She's like every time I try to hold a hand, she's like, "Get the fuck off me!" Yeah, and I'm no, just like, I'm and I'm hurt. I'm like, "What do you mean? What do you want to It's got nothing me? to do with you, man. I promise <sighs> you. Well, guys, I gotta tell you, I got really high Thursday. <gasps> Congratulations! Yeah, uh, when well, we went to go see Clerks Three, and uh, <laughs> how many lines you have did to you see do that movie? Uh, what's that? How many lines did you do? I didn't, I didn't do any coke. All right, so how many crack pipes did you hit? I crack. Did you do any meth? Smoke some weed, man. Oh, you did some marijuanas. How some, many marijuanas? Some popping did you them do? marijuana pills. It was all secondhand. It was all secondhand. Like I uh Who are you was with? Not partaking. Uh um, name names. Incriminate. This is going incriminate, on. The incriminate them. <laughs> I was, it's legal in Ohio. It's fine. Medically, it's yeah. Okay. They 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 were token before and when I was in the car and I was like, all right, I guess I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just ingest this a little bit. I got a slushy and uh stumbled into some shit and i was like oh man i'm really fucking high and then like i'm standing there like just drinking my slushy waiting to go into the movie and this woman's talking to me about my shirt and i had to like bump me and go she's talking to you and i'm like huh what (laughs) (laughs) fucking i was fucking space cadet man holy shit ranger danger out there you know you had fun at the movie right oh yeah it was good that's all it made me cry which was was kind of upsetting but that's unexpected yeah kevin smith's really uh stepping his game up huh Eh, I don't know about all that, but he's still my second favorite Kevin, though. Third favorite Kevin. The Kevin two favorite, Spacey. Kevin Sorbo and Kevin Nash. <laughs> Sorbo is such a fucking dick. I know he suck. God, Who the fuck is Kevin Sorbo? He's that, he played like, Hercules in the 90s, dude. Yeah, uh, now he's like a know. super Christian, crazy person. Like he, he made that, he went to some award show and he had a suit and the lining of the suit was all of the tweets that he had sent out. Like he printed his own. Incredible. Right. And incredible. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. He's this hyper Christian (laughs) dickhead. (laughs) Uh, You can't see what's up. 
seeds until you let go of what is seen. I'm talking about your money. Ah, you! Oh, it's if you catch my grift. We're a podcast about con artists and grifters. I'm joined by you. Introduce us. Oh, do I? Yeah, Austin. What's up? Heaven, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Hello>, fellas, <laughs> and Stony Butters. Hey, <laughs> Stone Jabron, man. Stone Jabron. <laughs> get that, that CBD butter over there. Spread it. <laughs> Spread it all over. <laughs> Fucking smooth, man. Uh, on his finger and sticks it up his ass. Boofing CBD. Dude, no, Why are you projecting the, again? Talking about that. Okay, hold on a second. So, scary movie, okay? Remember how Doofy ended up being the killer in that movie, right? And he right. wasn't mentally handicapped the whole time. So remember when that cop fucking had him smell his fingers and he was like, that's when you know you become a man. His retort to that was to stick his own fingers up his ass and make that cop smell his fingers. That's fucking baller right there. Okay. <laughs> he, the whole fuck at the end of that movie, I really, I thought about that for a second. I'm like, he fucking willingly stuck his fingers up his ass to make that cop smell it. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Like that, that's the huge for you was saying fucking a cab right there. That that's was it. great. And you got to stay in character, man. That's it. That's it. You know, that's that. Speaking of Kevin Spacey, that's that usual suspects, Kevin Spacey shit right there. <laughs> fucking you you never, never seen that fucking hero, movie. <laughs> no, I don't know what they were talking about. I can't think I've, of I've one thing that I've Kevin Spacey is in twice. Actually, I just watched it this year again. Usual suspects is very, very good. You should definitely check it out. I think well, like at it. least once. Is Kevin Spacey, the one that's in House of Cards. Yes. yes. Okay, I've seen one Kevin Spacey thing. Yeah, yeah. This is watch American That's... Beauty as well. That's really good. I don't know. That's is my that hold up Kevin though? Spacey film. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I always thought it was like a product of the early two thousands. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I but, I love it. I'll still watch it to this day. It's still one of my favorite films. You know what I did the other day? I went and saw three movies in one day. Yeah. So at was the movie the, theater. The three dollar movie day. Yeah, dude. Like I think I fucking love the movies. Oh, I do too. Dude, like they have the fucking reclining chairs now. Mm-hmm. Dude, that shit fucking rules. And Bullet Train, make go out of your way to see Bullet Train. That movie's so fucking good. Really? It looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. Dude, dude that I didn't, movie's I didn't so want to see it because I thought the trailer seemed kind of eh. But I guess. dude, it's like, it's, uh, it's not like, you know, it's not like some pseudo, like, intelligent movie it's exactly what it says it just falls to the wall action the whole movie is cool. fucking hilarious it's incredible All i right. love it Let's check it out oh uh fun fun thing do you see we're getting uh keanu reese's constantine again yeah yeah i'm so stoked for that i'll That's be in the theaters fun. to see that anything keanu reeves i'll see in theaters um this halloween they're actually doing dawn of the dead in 3d at uh regal cinemas in my area oh that's cool so i think he and i are gonna go see that too i got i'm excited i got tickets to go see the original nightmare on elm street in the movie theater and i cannot fucking wait i love that movie and i've never seen it in a theater so oh dude we have drive-ins around here still and they fucking just did that in the original friday the 13th Nice. on uh at the drive-in and i really wanted to go but i don't I, have anybody to go with and i won't sit in my car by myself to watch movies it's too i do weird. not like the original friday 13th no that's the no. least of the of them but i have still kevin good. bacon gets stabbed through the chest it's awesome yeah, through the bed kevin bacon yeah. one of my favorite kevins yeah <laughs> i love kevin bacon but you know who i don't love who kenneth copeland 
<laughs> well, I was just going to recommend a movie to Charlie, and you actually might like it too. Do you have Shutter? Do you have Shutter? Uh, no, but I can get off any and movie. on, off and on. Yeah, Speak No Evil. It's a Shutter exclusive. It just came out this week. Is that the it movie is... with the cane? Huh? <laughs> is that the movie with Kane? No. May no evil. May no evil. no evil, dude. This is I like that theaters. It's it's like a Dutch slow burn movie. I was like, oh no, this is this is good shit. Like it's it's kind of it's a little terrifying. Um, even if you early on you kind of know where it's going, it's still. Like a just a, I love slow burn movies. Dalton, you'll hate it because you're ADHD. You'll be like, do something. <laughs> no, I love like long draw, like Shutter Island. Okay. Did you watch? Walking, you watched uh, uh, Nope, right? So that was yeah, that was yeah. a long, a long burn loved move. It. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Nope was good. So we're here to talk today about Kenneth Copeland. Uh, Dalton is very excited about this because he actually knows who we're talking about this time. <laughs> generally, <laughs> like, generally, we, we've we've done two episodes in a row, and he knew he knew what we were it's talking shocker, about. Shocker, right? Shocker, um, right? Charlie could not care less because he hates religious scripts. This is this is one. I I actually said I've this seen like, this guy a bunch. So I've, I've sent you guys like stuff from him from TikTok because oh yeah. he's so fucking outlandish and crazy, he's so crazy. He is so batshit crazy. But <sighs> I also like I consider him, and I don't know. I think this is not out of line. I really kind of consider him like one of the four pillars of like modern day grifters. Like this is a big boy. This is one of the 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 big guys out there. Sh- just purely based on how m- much content he releases like he's everywhere and just how much money he's fucking made and we'll get into that in the episode but um yeah surprisingly we're not going to talk about florida today we're also Ooh, not going to talk about God. new york we're going to talk about texas because this guy is kind of contained don't just to mess texas. with texas yeah so um kenneth copeland he was born in lubbock texas on december 6th 1936 he is a fucking old um uh, and there are so many of these fucking preachers that come out of texas like you got olsteins in texas the guy who's on our intro song uh robert tilton he's from texas benny hen another like uh grifter prosperity guy is also in texas it's just like a a breeding ground for these like mega churches and big idiot preachers um so you know he wasn't born in the church he didn't have like a particularly religious upbringing he, his parents went to church you know in that way that like you're supposed to go to church in the you know when you're a kid you get dragged there by your by right. your parents um he had his first wife was named ivy bodeford and he was 18 years old when they got married they have you built a Ford Boda Ford. I think it's, it's B O D I F O R D Bodie Ford. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. I'm more of a Toyota man myself, but so, there's, only two things, there's only two things that come out of Texas steers and queers. I, I was not going to go there. I was oh. actually going to say prosperity grifters, but <laughs> you know, I was going to throw that wow. curveball and you're just fucking right into the clear stuff. I mean, it. Damn, I can yeah. see it. I can, I'm allowed to, though. That's you are. okay. You are. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. He and gave him a that's queer why pass. We love you. <laughs> El, El Toro Blanco talking about horns and and, and horniness. That's um <laughs> I'm El Flama Blanca, so I mean <laughs> this works. This works. Um, so he's married his first wife. We don't need to talk about her. They were only married for three years, but they did have a kid together named Terry, um, and a daughter uh, named Terry. In 1957, though, uh young Kenneth, 20 years old. He kind of realized his initial dream. And Dalton, just take a guess. Like before even preaching came into the picture, what do you think Kenneth was like bound and destined to do? He wanted a political career. 
surprisingly, no. And he actually kind of, until recently, stays out of politics. He wanted to be a singer. What kind? What kind of singer did he want to be? I am going to play his first and only single for you right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's called Pledge of Love. Oh, yeah, it's so bad. Here we go. <laughs> so bad. Just want to make sure you guys can hear this. So hang on. There we go. All right. So you get the idea. That's that was... song was playing when so many people got front seat hand jobs. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it leaves a lot to be desired lyrically. It's not a very good song if you actually listen for the. And I've heard it a few times now, but it charted. It went to uh, number seventeen on the Billboard music charts in nineteen fifty seven. Really starving for music yeah. in yeah. the nineteen fifties. Yeah, so um, went to number seven. Kenneth Copeland said it was in the top ten. He he's not. It's not accurate. accurate. (laughs) You got to build the myth, man. Like that's what you do, right? You got to build it up. I was a top ten Billboard recording artist. Um, Yeah, like Texas. I decided to leave all that to come to the church. Well, so kind of, but not the church. Uh, He got drafted right after the the single got released. So he got drafted into the Air Force. Isn't that crazy that they just did that? Imagine that happening today. And and I don't know fucking who's like a top 20 singer. Like Olivia Rodrigo, like go like forcing her to go or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. I mean, when like fucking Elvis got drafted, right? Yeah. Yep. So like, yep. it's, it's he's not the only one that's ever been drafted that was a singer. Yeah, but I mean, Elvis got drafted. I won't put, I won't put him in that same, you know, oh, he's definitely not in as, as, as the king. Elvis, but. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he 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 got drafted, went in the Air Force, became a pilot, actually, of all things, and so that's something that he's done his the rest of his life. He's he loved flying planes. Um, I don't know if I trust. He's old as shit right now. I wouldn't want him in a plane. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he like you said, he it's had, like uh, Andrew Tate. He don't want women flying his planes. I don't want prosperity gospel preachers <laughs> flying my planes. I mean. He fly it into something i'd be all right with that but we'll get there um not 11 9 12 january 6th <laughs> we gotta do oh. the next one it's gotta be january 7th <laughs> oh, so, before uh, we uh before we end that cut let me show you what i sent ed the other day while we're talking about 9 11 <sighs> you see it oh yeah you sent, you sent that to me too <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Oh. I'm trying to forget who Chris Chan is. No, seriously. Oh, um, God. Dude, I am balls deep in Chris Chan lore right now. Like, uh, I stopped and that stuff about his mom came out. I was like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. That's when I started. I'm on part 33. I don't remember. I I got through most of it. I don't remember. But then he started, like, Gino started making this. I thought he was going to stop after that happened. He's continued to make them. Yeah. So they're still releasing. I refuse to to listen to anything other than Stacy and Ed talk about it because Stacy laughing hysterically when Ed tells him these things is the best part of that show. Yeah. Bring it and back. I, I refuse to listen to any of that. I know, seriously. It finish back. it out. Finish <laughs> it out, please. I'm like, so, Ed is like, I can't do it. You wait for I'm like, bro, just fucking bring it back. Like, yeah. like there's other like, stuff to talk about. You don't have to yeah. get current with it. Right. Ugh, I don't so blame him. I get it. It's gross. I don't know. It is gross, but you don't have to cover it. That's life. That's life. Well, I don't go, know, go man. Life isn't everything you don't like it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fucked up stuff happens in life, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's true. true. All right, Copeland. So uh, Copeland gets married a second time. Again, only lasts three years. He's not had a lot of luck. But in 1962, he's back from. I don't think he actually served time in like any. I don't think he saw action while he was in right. the Air Force. Um, but he found the one, and this woman's name is uh, Gloria niece now it's gloria copeland and they got married in 1963 um and that is the year that he found god he went to church a church service with his parents he and gloria and they the prayed hands on him and it just total conversion and he decided that you know he's been he's been kind of doing like fooling around doing a bunch of stuff and not really clicking he decides right. hey i'm gonna become a christian now i'm gonna really feel with the, the church yeah and I mean, I think what you see with this guy that you see with all these other guys is they don't like what they consider normal jobs. Like none of these guys want to have a job where they have a boss and they have to go report. To They're somebody. not nine to five guys. They're not nine to five guys. And I and so about this time, like he's back back in the United States, he's married. He, he starts selling insurance with his dad. And that's just not going to work out. Right. Because that's a normal job. Like he doesn't want that. So he decides at the age of 31 to go to school. And he enrolls at Oral Roberts University. Son of a bitch, it's back. <laughs> yeah, Oral Roberts himself. So, you know, we remember from the Joel Osteen episode, this is where Joel Osteen went as well yeah. as uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, there's a, there's quite a, quite a fucking alumni in this university. A bunch um, of cocksuckers. Yeah, really. Uh, also, so, they look really good today. Thanks. I have the lighting and I wore a nice shirt for you, yeah. just for you. I'm looks, glad you got your haircut for me. I know it's for I me. It makes me feel special. Thanks, Alton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pond scum. Austin looks good, don't you think? <laughs> um, so Oral Roberts University just kind of it was early in in the university. Um, but he <laughs> Oral Roberts was charging tuition. Nothing comes for free with these fucking guys. Uh, and copeland was broke so according to what he said he ended up just locking himself in the bedroom and just prayed and prayed and prayed until god said to him that he would take care of everything right so this is god speaking directly to um copeland and so i, I want to read a little bit from his book which is laughably bad but one of his books he's like 30 but this is like the one that he's telling about his his him and gloria's origin stories this is the day arrived when i had to enroll in school that meant paying for tuition and books and i didn't have a dime in fact i don't know why we even had a checking account back then we didn't have any money to write a check still 
God had said he would take care of me. So I drove to the campus hoping for a miracle. When I got there and I didn't see any evidence of one, after registering for classes, I took my place in the back of a long line at the registrar's office with no clue how to pay that bill. God, you said you'd take care of me, I prayed. Watching the line get shorter and shorter, two or three times I thought about calling my dad because he was the only one who would accept a collect call from me. I resisted the urge. Finally, it was my turn. I completed the registration and Mrs. Campbell started typing the bill. What am I going to do? So then he says, Mrs. Campbell, may I use your phone? Certainly, she said. Daddy, I asked when the collect call went through. Kenneth, where in the world are you? Well, I'm at the register's office enrolling in school. Well, I've been trying to find you, Dad said. A fellow came by my office yesterday and gave me some money to put in your ministry. I figured you'd need it quick, so I took it to the bank and deposited it in your account. God put money in my account yesterday. Oh, my God. (laughs) Daddy, I asked, looking over the bill that Mrs. Campbell was typing, how much did you put in there? He told me. I did some fast figuring. After I paid my tithe, there would be enough for the first quarter tuition. After I paid my tithe. I know (laughs) there'll be enough for my first quarter tuition, my books and all my fees with a dime left over. I hung up the telephone and wrote the check. Suck my fucking dick, man. (laughs) (laughs) When God tells you he'll take care of something, he'll do what he said. You can take it to the bank. The thing that bums me out the most about that, he made sure that he put in there that he paid his tithe before everything else. Right. So the rest of these people know, motherfuckers, there ain't no getting out of it. You got to pay your tithe. got nothing you better pay that fucking tithe <laughs> oh damn it i don't understand how it's just socially acceptable that he's hearing voices and he's not locked away somewhere <laughs> right and actually i've heard some christian scholars say that if you hear it, it's heretical to like hear god talking to you like god doesn't speak to people directly and when people say that you really shouldn't believe them i, I don't know i'm not as i'm not as up on that kind of stuff right. and i read a lot of fucking theology for this i feel like i was writing a thesis paper with this i one. feel like dogma is kind of how it should be where like they went through how many atoms before they realized god can't speak to to its <laughs> right, creations directly, yeah. yeah like that's um yeah, no, it's 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 something that's like, you know, that's that's a pretty big warning sign when you're like, God told me to do this. And I'm like, I know, not sure. That's that's not really how I it think works. That you are schizophrenic, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's probably a lot more likely than God right. speaking to you. But um yeah. So now he's at school. He's at Oral Roberts University. He, you know, stresses over and over again that he's taking a full class load and an opportunity presented itself that Copeland couldn't turn uh, down. And this is again from his book. He said, I turned to leave and read and ran head on into Oral Roberts himself. Now, Brother Roberts is a big man, over six feet tall. He's five foot ten, but Copeland is fucking <laughs> tiny. Copeland is like Copeland is five foot four. So a five Holy foot ten shit. guy is, is monster. He's over six feet tall. He's over six feet tall. He's a big man. Um, but at that moment, when I looked up at him, he looked even bigger than that. He seemed at least eight feet tall. My name is Oral Roberts, he said, offering <laughs> his hand. Oral Roberts is frantically updating his Tinder account. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said something brilliant like, hum, 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 ah. And he says, so Oral says, <laughs> did I hear you say something? Say you're a commercial pilot, he asked. Yes, sir. Can you handle our airplane? Yes, sir, I can. Two weeks ago, we started to hire a co-pilot for the evangelistics team's airplane, he said, but the Lord told me not to do it. He said there was a student coming that he would want to have that job. You're my man. And this, that's it. That's it. 
So he became... so did he pay Kenneth Copeland for this? No, fuck no. And okay, I... so yeah, that was right. He's like, damn, I need a pilot. And luckily, it's the guy's like, oh, I'm a commercial pilot. <laughs> yeah. oh, you don't say. I, I, so, so some say it was God speaking to Oral Roberts that day, but others say that the bottom line was he found a fucking student who would be his chauffeur and pilot for mm-hmm. free. Yep. So he didn't hire one instead, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. I mean, he became Oral Roberts's pilot and chauffeur, and and was was flying him all over the country to all his little. Um, um, tent revival, not tent revivals, because we're past that point, but all this little meetings is what they call right. them. Um, I can't help, and this is just editorial, I can't help but speculate that like Copeland seeing the way that Oral Roberts traveled and like his lavish lifestyle on the road didn't like click something in oh, his yeah. head and go, oh, yeah. wait a minute, I think I can get in on this. Like there's no real evidence of that, but I can't help but make that connection. A little bit of money to be made. Yeah, he's like, look at this guy. He's got a private plane. And private planes are very much going to figure into this guy's story um, later on. Um, so Oral Roberts University taught like a really traditional version of Pentecostalism, right? I mean, that was that's it's a it's a traditional evangelical Pentecostal church uh, or school that teaches that way. Um had yeah we're gonna get a little of that too um so if copeland i think if he'd only been influenced by oral roberts and the stuff that he learned at school this probably would be a very different story but while he was in school he um came under the influence of another guy named kenneth this guy's name is kenneth hagan or hagan i think it's hagan um i want to real quick read from this book called the health and wealth gospel by bruce barron So uh, according to Gloria, this is Copeland's wife, uh, while learning from Roberts was useful, learning from Hagen was far more valuable. It was a Hagen teaching tape to which the Copelands listened in August 1967 that, quote, revolutionized our lives. We studied and learned from him how to live, to be sustained by our faith. Kenneth Copeland resolved to devote all of his available time to studying Hagen's materials. He entered the ministry full time before the end of the year and formed his own evangelical evangelistic association in 1968 both copelands especially kenneth have a more dramatic preaching style than their mentor kenneth copeland's striking popularity as a singer illustrates his performing ability the copeland ministry has produced a few books but a large collection of cassette tapes presenting largely the same viewpoints as hagen but with a noticeable accent on financial prosperity so this guy hagen is the father of the word of faith movement. And I'm not going to get too deep in the woods on this. I just kind of want to give broad over, you know, strokes of what this guy believed. And it's very popular. Um, It's really controversial. And a lot of Christian scholars are like, this is a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) So basically God is here to serve man versus man put on the earth to serve God. Right. So that like, in its premise, like most Christian faiths will teach you like you're here to serve God, you you know, mm-hmm. like you're 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 of God, whatever that, that you're of him. Right? right. And so you are you're put to do well and to you know, worship him and and service him. They were like, no, the opposite. They're like, God is here to provide you with everything that you need. And so they that kind of that's uh borderline blasphemy right there. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's they, <laughs> Copeland like a, is called a heretic. A one way ticket to hell, my friend. <laughs> yeah, big time, big time. So in order for God to answer you, you actually must speak your desires out loud. And so it's called word of faith because they say your words are faith. And so when you express God, like faith, God gives a fuck about these material things. Well, but according to these guys, if you say this out loud and you believe it god is required to answer you right this is what they believe this is like the secret 
This is like the, the rules of attraction. Like when you right. put positive thoughts out there that it comes true, this is very much in line with that. This is far more like Oprah than it is like Christianity. Um, so I, this is from actual, this is from Copeland's book called Force of Faith. He goes, Jesus said to believe that the things we say will come to pass. This does not mean we can continue to speak any way we want. And then in a time of need, expect to exercise our faith in God's words. If we really believe faith words, we should speak them all along. So he's like, he he's like, you say it, God has to do it. He's like contractually required to make these things happen if you say these things out loud. Yeah. Oh my God, we signed the contract in the court of heaven. And we, <laughs> God has to do these things. So that, and I don't think, I think like when people see these like stupid clips of Copeland on online, like they don't realize what he's actually preaching. You know, they just think this crazy old man, but his, his whole mindset and what he preaches is just kind of bonkers. And he, at this point is like Kenneth Hagin's well, that's the thing. You're at this point in Christianity where you don't have to like, you don't even have to like preach a certain message. Just got to mention God and Jesus a few times. So people are going to come. Right. Right. They they don't tune in to what you're actually saying. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. This also really helps with the prosperity gospel, right? If you're telling people, if you need money, you just need to say you need money and God will work it out. No. And that's, that's, that's what he, that's it. It's the power of positive thinking, you know I mean? mean, It'd be nice if it worked that way, but it's just, it's not, that's not the way the world works. And it's, but it's really intoxicating because I know we've talked about the secret and we'll eventually do an episode. We've talked about that book a bunch. She sold a shitload of copies. And it's all of the, the Ryback. Stuff. The Ryback loves the secret. See, yeah, that, that says a lot. You get hit in the head too often. You believe this shit. Um, and so every yeah. secret one day eating fast food in his car the next. If you don't <laughs> so, get that joke, Ryback was a professional wrestler who now does YouTube food reviews for a fast food restaurant. Does he still do it? I haven't seen anything about him. Um, in years. I haven't seen anything lately. He's a big TikTok guy now. He goes oh, on God. TikTok and wishes death on Vince McMahon, which is really cool. <laughs> there's a whole lot of cool stuff now um so yeah he also has some like real fanfic stuff that he talks about that people are like what is this coming from so he he actually said that um after jesus was crucified he went to hell and he was tortured by demons in hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's i'll actually read it to you then this is from his website website today i'm it's not even like i'm going through the archives to find this stuff this is what's on his website it says after the crucifixion jesus's body was placed in a tomb and his spirit went to hell there jesus suffered all the torments of hell uh, that he that we would have suffered jesus's submission to death was complete he experienced it to the ultimate degree so mankind would never have to be punished And then it says, what a surprise the enemy received. The enemy thought he'd won the victory when Jesus came to hell. What he failed to understand was that hell could not hold the righteous son of God. Jesus, who embodied the sinless nature of his father, God, had committed no sin. So he was not deserving of punishment. Satan, death and hell could not hold him. The spirit of God resurrected Jesus from hell and, and the grave by the power of God. So... That's, this is a bad TBS movie. It's like, fanfic. This is, yeah, it's, it's fanfic. bad. It's like <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's like Jesus went to hell. He fought Satan and he came back and he's here for us now. And if you tell him that you want something, he's got to give it to you because that's the that's obviously in the scripture. Which, it, man, you would spoiler. think if Jesus went to hell and saw everything going on down there, he'd be like, man, I really don't want nobody to go through this. It's this shitty sucks. action movie for sure. <laughs> yeah, that too. You'd watch Clash of the Titans and just like reimagined it with jesus 
God's more Not Dead 3 coming soon. No, Passion of the Christ 2. Passion Christerer. <laughs> so he, uh, I, I came across this guy named Hank Hanegroff. I, I kind of want to talk to him. I want to see if I can get in touch with him. He's a Christian scholar and author, and he absolutely has a thing for Copeland. This guy is super conservative. I mean, he is, he was an evangelical Copeland or Hank you know, the guy that I'm about to talk about, Hank Hanegroff. Um, oh, is, tell you what, Bobby. He's a, he is super, super, he was an evangelical. And then he thought the evangelicals were not conservative enough. So he left that church and joined the Greek Orthodox church, which is like super, super, super conservative. So this guy wrote a book called Christianity in crisis um, back in the nineties. And he has a lot to say about Copeland. He said, Kenneth Copeland got his start in the ministry by memorizing Hagen's messages. Again, Hagen comes up. Uh, it wasn't long before he had learned enough from Hagen to establish his own cult. He just comes right out. He's like, this yeah. is not a church leader. This is a cult leader. Right. He said, to say his teachings are heretical would be an understatement. Copley, Copeland brashly pronounces God to be the greatest failure of all time, boldly proclaims that Satan conquered Jesus on the cross, and describes Christ in hell as an emaciated, poured out, little wormy spirit. <laughs> He said more of Copeland's cult and its occult connections are documented later in this book, including the parallels between Copeland and Mormon founder, Joseph Smith. He also hates the Mormons yet. Despite the evidence, Benny Hinn ominously warned that those who attack Kenneth Copeland are attacking the very presence of God. So I want to know he, at what point did he go on to sell propane and propane accessories? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, yeah, it, it, it's, it's wild. He kind of goes on and he explains why he says that Kenneth Copeland's church is a cult and not a church. Yeah. You know, like he's like, here's what makes a cult. Here's what makes it a church. Kenneth Copeland is more on the cult side. The Venn so, diagram is almost a circle. Yeah. He did much. that after he found out why they call his wife Peggy. Charlie, you said you weren't going to give Dalton a boner. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Uh, you know. oh. So, in spite of all this, right? Copeland's got his own ministry, the Kenneth Copeland boy. ministry. <laughs> Is that a microphone, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, oh God! Oh, God! <laughs> um, <laughs> now so, Austin's got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> now that looked toothy as fuck. <laughs> you got these big ass teeth. And you got them them chompers. Right, <laughs> right, okay, right. man. I got an overbite, got buck teeth. Yeah, we we called Dalton. He's the circumciser. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't never met a foreskin. He didn't want to gnaw on for a little while. <laughs> I chew on it like a double bubble. Yeah, like a cow chewing its cud. <laughs> What's he doing? He chewing chewing up Larry's. <laughs> there he goes chewing foreskin again. <laughs> We broke Charlie. <laughs> He's done. We had to bring him back because like, when I start talking about church, Charlie like goes dead in the eyes. I can't take it, man. I can't take it. I got to set the stage. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. I, I just got to make sure that everybody kind of knows where this guy's coming from. Uh, and we've always talked about all these guys, right? Like we talked about A.A. Allen. We talked about Leroy Jenkins. We talked about old Leroy Steve. Jenkins. <laughs> so the difference between is like this is kind of at a time where those guys like the tent revivalists were packing up their tents and like establishing real churches right so they there's this is like that point like aa a. allen was touring the country with his you know his big revivals and Punk he set up some place a. for a. a couple of, into the archives yep yep it's a fun episode um 
It's one of my favorites. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it, a bigger, another difference between these guys is like A. Allen and Leroy Jenkins, at least at the beginning, were preaching healing, right? That's where you went. Right. You went to A. Allen because he would pre, he would heal you. And so this is the point where it starts to shift from healing to prosperity gospel, right? right? Like this is the, like Copeland is for better or worse, like really on the ground floor of the prosperity stuff. So it's less about healing, even though he does a little bit of that. It's more about, I will make you money if you pray in my church and tithe and tithe. So Um, do you think that's what like led the charge and Christianity becoming like this really like just a blanket for capitalism? Yeah, absolutely. I, well, okay. So I have two things about this. I think that, that um, I think that these churches are, capital they do they they well even if they don't outrightly say that they support capitalism they do because in the capitalist society you have to rely on a church for your 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 some of your sustenance your community you know some of your your events and organizations right like if this was a socialist uh society everyone would work together and you wouldn't have there's not a need to rely on the church which is why bob will build the church sue will go out and get drinks uh chris over here will cook the food like right right like in in an idea like socialism there's already like a community aspect pull into it and that's why you see a lot of these preachers go communism is evil because that would ruin the grift right that would ruin their church that would ruin their income stream that would ruin all of this stuff so there's definitely part of that i think it's also because of the time that these big churches came up it was very much like the the red scare was happening in in the united states and so that that all kind of plays into it um but you know i mean like this is like copeland says this is i mean he's so fucking blatant about this this is from a book he wrote called the laws of prosperity Right. And this, right. I'm just real quick passage. He said, do you want a hundred fold return on your money? Give and let God multiply it back to you. No bank in the world offers this kind of return. Praise the Lord. I mean, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's right there. This dude said, fuck Wall Street. Invest your money with me. Invest yeah. with me. I got you. Well, I'm going to tell you, here's the story he uses in another one of his books about prosperity gospel, which I just think I find it so fucking frustrating and annoying (laughs) this guy this is what he writes so he goes when god outlined the terms of his covenant he guaranteed our physical prosperity and conditions to this shit now yeah well the covenant is a contract with god right so you you have a contract with god as a christian that's what they talk about so he says when god outlined the terms of his covenant he guaranteed our physical prosperity in the contract over and over he's told us in his word quote if you do this i will do this In order to withhold material blessings from us, God would have to violate his own covenant agreement, which is impossible for him to do so. So this is what I'm talking about. God God, can't break the contract. God is obligated to give you what you want. (laughs) This is his whole platform. So God blesses us with material goods in order for us to establish his covenant on the earth. Since Deuteronomy 8.18, which is really a wild fucking reading. But anyway, and to give those in need, nothing about God is stingy. Everything about him is big and generous. He made the streets in heaven out of pure gold. They're not just paved with gold overlay. They are gold. Because besides that, God is a good father. What father who loves his children would want to sit in a beautiful, fine mansion, but make his children live in a rundown shack? Got a point. He said, God isn't opposed to our being rich. This is the cure, or this is the the clue. God isn't opposed to us being rich. That doesn't upset him even a little. In fact, he delights in our prosperity. He just Um, opposed to our becoming covetous and greedy. God has a full supply, lacking nothing, and he wants us to be the same way. He wants us to be givers as well. 
just so like when him. God, when Jesus went to the temple and he saw all the merchants setting up and saw all the goods they were selling, he said, boys, I hope you got your purses ready. You got to spend some money. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about what he thinks about Jesus. He said, Jesus was a very wealthy man. No, <laughs> no, famously unwealthy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he he quotes Deuteronomy, and he, it's a really bad translation of that. Um, he, the guy, like in the in the version that Copeland uses, he says that God has the power to grant you wealth, but wealth is actually a mistranslation. It's actually um, valor or strength, not wealth. And but how they just years, they they use these quotes and these bad translations. To how their many benefit. years do the Christians think we've been here? Like two thousand, yeah, like two thousand ish. Some do. Not all. And nobody ever so can fucking agree on this stuff. They think on these 2,000, the 2,000 years that we've been on earth, that God gives a fuck about some random Joe Schmo on the street having like $100,000 in his bank account. That's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy thing. Well, it's, it's, that's a pretty petty God who's got a lot going on in order right. to be able to wa- watch all this stuff. So obviously this all. I just back- imagine my God sits in a room with thousands of tvs like in the matrix and just like watches every single one of them at the same time or like it's like a football game on sunday afternoon (laughs) you got the nfl red you have the nfl red zone of the world (laughs) i I would just say if there is a god there's got to be more interesting planets for him to watch than us yeah you know like there's gonna be some wild well you're forgetting they think we're the only planet that has yeah that's true that's true we're the only Uh, one so I want to play a tip, a clip that is about tithing, because this is his guy. This is the guy. This is Mr. Tithing. So t- this clip, I'm going to set it up because there's some context. So one of the preachers is also um, Copeland's son-in-law. His name is George Pearson. He's married to to uh, one of Copeland's daughters. Is she hot? And, I know. I know. She's not. <laughs> she's not. She's not for you. She's she's too like a Karen for you. Okay. Um. So George is up there preaching and is interrupted by Kenneth, who I think doesn't think he's doing a very good job of like hitting the message home. <laughs> so Copeland walks up on stage and interrupts him right in the middle of him preaching to a full church. And I want to play that. It's clip like now. Vince sending Fruke and Bradshaw out whenever the people are having a bad match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like go out there. We're going, I'm going to do a little run in. So this, it's going to start with George uh, Pearson and then, uh, Copeland's going to come in pretty quick. So just get ready. And you can see how short Copeland is too, which I think is hilarious. You know, the next time that you do your bills, as you're sitting at that table, you just stop, you look up, and you say, thank God for the comes. windows. <laughs> George, I just, I just saw something while you were praying uh, concerning the tithe. And teaching a child to tithe. Well, why? What? what's behind that and it just snapped into my into my thinking a father who owns an extremely successful powerful business enterprise wealthiest man in town got the picture and he has children Well, wouldn't it make really good sense for that man at a very young age to give his children some money so they could and then teach them to turn around and buy stock in this company? Okay, no, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But I'm going to keep going. It just it annoys me so much that. 
that a dad would give his kids money to buy into his own company. Why wouldn't he just buy into his own company? Why wouldn't he just give them the fucking company? Because <laughs> his kids. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. It's their company, and they're going to be uh, they're they're going to be raised yeah, in this company. Yeah. But yeah. he he is teaching them now. Now I want I want to show you how to do this now because this is for your so future, and this is in has to do with your own life and this your own prosperity and so he gives them money and, and they buy stock in that company and it's in their name and he gives it to them and that yeah. that kind of thing that's exactly and what that god is doing in in teaching children to invest in his company so not even kids are exempt it doesn't make any sense. Not even kids. Ninety percent of what he says doesn't make any sense. Like he has these comparisons, and he—he's this guy. Okay, he's a guy that it doesn't matter what he says; it's the way he—it's how he says it, and people just like lap it up. You know, like he gets on stage. I, I've been watching so much of him; it's it—it's melting my brain because I was like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make a fucking bit of sense. Like that. If okay. My dad owns a company, wildly successful, right? I know right. I'm going to inherit that company unless there's a problem with the relationship. But like, right. if my dad's giving me allowance, I'm not buying stock in my no. dad's company. Like that, I, oh, it's so everything is stretched, and he's so condescending. And he's like, George, let me show you how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're fucking it up, man. Our dollars are down. Let me show you how to do this. You're lucky you married to my daughter. You wouldn't even be here right now. Let me show you. Hey, hey man, that's not the message won't give, dog. Such an asshole. Um, so I mentioned earlier about Jesus being rich, um, according to Copeland, and I want to play. That's nuts. That, that clip flies in the face of everything I've been oh, taught. But no, but he he describes it. He he breaks it down for us, and he lets us know exactly why Jesus was rich. When did Jesus become poor? Well, Brother Copeland, it must have been when he was born of Mary because, you know, uh, he was poor and he had no place to lay his head and, and so forth and so on. Wrong. <laughs> he was not born in a manger because his daddy couldn't afford a hotel. The scripture said he was born in a manger because there were no rooms at the hotel. So obviously his dad, who was a businessman, had money enough. <laughs> Don't you understand the reason they were in Bethlehem was to pay taxes? Right. Poor folks weren't there. Hello? <laughs> The poor people were still at home. Right. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. point. You hear people talking <laughs> yeah. like they love this shit. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll do this. Disgusting. Thank you. <laughs> now, let me ask you another question. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Does a Nobody talked to him at that point. He literally just was talking to God while oh, yeah. he was standing oh, up yeah. on stage. Oh, yeah. He does. He fills the time by just going, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, blah, blah. Well, thank you. Amen. He was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he, like the God was talking to him at that moment. He's oh, yeah. fucking schizophrenic. This dude is. Oh, my God. Before Here, we go before oh. any further. Nobody said that they were poor because they couldn't afford a hotel. They said they were poor because he was birthed by a child bride and a carpenter. Like, like nobody was. He was a businessman paying his taxes. Yeah, that's what they were in Bethlehem doing. 
Oh, it didn't gets, you just it gets, hear him? It gets better. Let me just say, so I'm going to play the part that Charlie likes real quick again. Lord, yes, sir. I'll, I'll do that. Thank you. So what's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he said, yes, sir. I'll do that. Thank yeah, you. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? See, that's not really out of the ordinary for me because I've seen that like in church in person. It's like, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. All right. So here's here's the here's the, the, the back half of this. Oh, let me ask you another question. Does a poor man need a treasure? Huh? Of course not. Judas was the treasurer to that ministry. And there was obviously enough money in there for him to steal without anybody but Jesus knowing about it because Peter would have killed him. (laughs) Yeah. So he... He was he was a high roller that Jesus fella. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter, a part of this church that's ultimate point is forgiveness. Yeah. Would have killed this man. <laughs> Peter, the founder of the Catholic Church, which these evangelicals fucking hate. <laughs> like, right. They, just yeah. It, it, it's it, it, so I, I I mean I hope at this point you can see why other other Christian scholars really despise this guy because right. he just is very fast and loose with the truth. So it's like, <laughs> and I don't think that gets covered a lot because it, it you know, it gets into the weeds. He just says right. outrageous shit and people put it on YouTube or they remix it into a bunch of different songs. And like, I mean, it's, that's the fun stuff, but at the, at the core songs? of it is, he's, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, they, he's been remixed over and over again. Maybe I'll play that at the end. Um, okay. But um, yeah, he just, he, is kind of the guy like he at this point Hagen died and he becomes like the guy at word of faith you know like that becomes his he's the godfather of it he's the king of the shit and there's been a bunch of people that like that kind of are in it with him like benny hen um creflo dollar this guy jesse duplantis is kind of his little stooge we're going to see him a bunch in this episode and even to a lesser extent pat robertson um these guys are constantly going on each other's shows and touring with each other like there's there's this really strong network and it's very different because like osteen kind of keeps to himself like right. he does his own thing he doesn't mix it up with these guys but this is like a little den of thieves um but He's also in a totally different league than any of these other preachers based solely on how much he's worth. You want to take a shot at it? Do you know how much? Oh, this no, I worth? have no idea. Charlie, what do you think? 50 million. His there's no way to know for sure, but his net worth is estimated between 750 million and a billion dollars. This guy that is potentially is fucking insane. A billion dollar preacher. Now I'm going to play a clip real quick. You know what's crazy? All right. So whenever I go off and I like talk my shit about Jesus being a socialist. Right. And you can go back and like, you can prove that. Right. Right. But whenever somebody takes the words and twists it, (laughs) they take reality and they change it into this thing that no longer resembles what the source material was. You can't prove anything to them because they have a fundamental disbelief. In this thing that you believe, right? Well, and they've their also, reality is different than our reality. But they've also been approached with the same lines. You know, like he's got a perfect comeback for when they when people tell him, "Oh, it's easier for a rich man 
to go, or it's harder for a rich man to go to heaven than it is to, you know, camel, put a camel the through the eye of yeah. a needle, right? And he's got the perfect comeback. He's like, well, if you keep reading, it says that with God's assistant, anything is possible, right? Like with God, anything is possible. What the fuck does that mean? It means <laughs> that rich people can go to heaven if they believe in God, you know? So like, he's got like comebacks for everything. But I want to play this because this is all the way back in 2007. And this is him admitting that he is a billionaire um, openly. <laughs> Now I will. I, I, I'll go ahead and tell you this. Now, don't don't get disturbed because he said three billionaires. Now, don't I don't want you to get disturbed because uh, since I'm one of them, it'll only leave two more. <laughs> no, now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Of course, I'm saying this with a smile on my face, but I'm serious as I can be. But now, I'm not one of those three since I already am one. <laughs> and they get, just... The balls. The yeah. balls on yeah. somebody to but, get on stage and brag about how much money you stole from these people. And then everybody cheers. Yes! They love it. They're like, yes, you're our billionaire preacher. Oh, you stole so much money from us. <sighs> oh, my God, dude. It's fucking nuts. So... Just for context, too, right? Like, I just wanted you to know how much more money he has than all the rest of these guys. So, the other wealthiest preachers in America, Pat Robertson's worth about $100 million. Benny Hinn is worth about $42 million. Joel Osteen, we said, is about $40 million. Creflo Dollar, $27 million. And Jesse Duplant is about $20 million. So, this guy is like, has more money than all those guys put together. Like, right. it is an absurd amount of money that this guy's got. Um, and, like, these guys don't even fucking hide it. Like you saw that clip, right? Like right. they don't even give a shit if you know how much money they have. It's it's fucking shameless is what it is. So I want to play this clip of uh, Jesse Duplantis. He's a Louisiana based uh, preacher and he is definitely like Copeland's lackey. He's on with Copeland all the fucking time. And he's smooth. He's actually, I think he's a much better performer than Copeland is in terms of his message. You know, he's, he's like a slick salesman, right. but I want you to hear him talking about the money that he's got. And this is on stage at an event, raising money for victory network, which is Kenneth Copeland's network. Right. So the, he's got a bunch of these preachers on stage trying to help him raise money for his church. And this is, this is, this is dear Jesse. I honestly believe this that the reason why Jesus hadn't come is because people are not giving the way God told them to give. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Wow. I mean, when you understand it, you can speed up the time. So yeah, the reason that Jesus isn't here is because people aren't giving enough money. <laughs> and then he goes into this little story, which is just, I was on television. He said, I heard you as a millionaire. I said, that's not right. That's not true. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not multi. Now, add that to it, you'll be all right. Yeah, oh, he couldn't handle disgusting. that. He liked to have had a fit. And I said, you mess with me, I'll buy this station and I'll fire you. Yeah. Oh, he didn't like that, did he? Did. Uh, you know, that was a little fleshy, but it felt good. Yeah. It felt good. felt good to tell this guy that he was going to fire him after he bought the station because he's a multimillionaire. That's disgusting. Right? These people fucking are fucking gross. I, I gotta say, I, I knew these guys were gonna be bad getting into this episode, but the more I watched, I was like, Dude, that's a cartoonishly are... evil. Right? That's right? disgusting. It's just uh, like the the um Satan's two kids in Little Nicky when they go and they're like the the preacher and the mayor. Yeah. That scene, that's what it feels like watching it's these guys talk. Like this. 
absolutely. Um, and they, Let they're the just like, sin begin. but they cover each other's tracks, right? Like these guys all kind of work together to make sure that this fucking griff never ends. You know, they all, they all tour together. They, they show up at these big conferences together. They show up on each other's television shows. It's, it's just a whole, it's a whole network that's set up that protects and insulates these guys. Um, and, you know, Copeland's managed for the most part to stay scandal free. Like he hadn't been in trouble for, for the you most have that part. much money. It's not really hard. Yeah. So he ran into some problems in 2007. Um, then I'm going to read you something in uh, Time magazine real quick. It says um, presidential campaigns love to put their candidates in the company of influential evangelicals uh, and the advertisement on page 44 of the December issue of the religious magazine Charisma, which was Copeland's magazine, was probably planned with that in mind. It showed Republican hopeful Mike Huckabee sitting at a table with Texas-based Kenneth Copeland at the Believer's Voice of Victory set next to a bowl of fruit and an open Bible. The ad invites viewers to tune in as the two men sit down for six days of frank discussion on the biblical perspective of character. Um, so that's Mike Huckabee starts showing up on his TV show. This is, but the Senate finance committee has long or has been looking to last week, Senator Chuck Grassley, the committee's ranking Republican announced a probe of the finances of six television preachers. He sent each a letter filled with extremely pointed questions about their multi-million dollar finances. The longest questionnaire with 42 specific questions went out to Copeland and his wife, Gloria. Copeland is the founder and head of the multi-million dollar Kenneth Copeland Ministries and the host uh, in its crown jewels, the Daily Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. So Grassley's like, come on. And he gets fucking stonewalled. <laughs> they just go, no, we're not going to share it. It's not a, it, we, we're not compelled to share anything with Don't you. Yeah. And it, because we don't have to, it's not, it's a letter you're right. asking to, for us to voluntarily uh, send all this information to us. And we didn't do it. Um, so they didn't comply. They responded with, um, oh, so what, what Grassley asked for was Copeland and his wife's credit card records and information on all offshore banking accounts, receipts for their planes, um, and whether trips to Hawaii and Fiji on a ministry plane were for business reasons. Um, he also wanted to report um, to figure out what the mineral rights were, because these guys also have like a ton of natural gas and oil on their land in Texas. Right. They also have a bunch of cattle on their land in Texas. And he wants to know how much money you're actually making from that. So it's pretty thorough. And they just said, no, no, no. <laughs> they said it's specifically they said based on the constitutionality and situationally based privacy and confidentiality concerns, the church respectfully declines to provide the detailed accounting request. You know how easy it would be to launder money through oh. a church? Oh, my God. Yes. Insanely absolutely. easy. Insanely easy. So, you don't have to tell anybody shit. <laughs> so they, they ended up talking to finding a couple Start of- Start selling drugs, boys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they- um, they talked to a few former employees to kind of get an idea since the, the obviously Copeland wasn't going to going to talk about any of this stuff. And right. one former employee said the following says the Copeland's employ guerrilla tactics to keep their employees silent. We are flat out told and threatened that if we talk, God will blight our finances, strike our families down and pretty much afflict us with every evil and unholy thing. Rather, God will allow Satan to do those things to us because we have stepped out from under his umbrella of protection by touching God's anointed prophet. So. Jesus, that is cult shit. That's a hundred percent cult shit, right? Um, 
Yeah. So they found out a few things. They found out like the board of directors for the ministry is all of Copeland's friends and family. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> you do that. Nobody can tell you no. Um, right. And as a response, because, you know, they are so oppressed because they're white Christians in America. And that's the most oppressed class of people in, in America. Don't they forget st- rich, also rich. Oh, rich. Yeah, you're right. Wealthy white Christians. Um, they launched this site called Believers Stand United. And it's like they're they're like um, it talks about. It's at a believer standing United. We like to spotlight churches and pastors who are standing up for religious freedom in their communities and across America. So this is religious freedom. Yeah, religious just, freedom. Oh, fucking love freedom. It. Wonder how they feel about Muslims. <sighs> Wonder how they feel about Jews. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not we're not asking those kind of questions. We're going to focus on <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so they found out a lot of stuff. They found out that he's got uh, the church sits on about fifteen hundred acres, all tax free. Because you know, you can, and on top of that, that like that's a they, small town, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a bunch of the land was bequeathed to them by former members, you know. So, like, before they die, they leave the church everything. And so, what they've done is they've turned around, not only are they drilling for natural gas and oil on some of this land, but they've also got cattle, right? They lease they left the land. all their shit to the church instead yep. of their fucking family, yep. 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 So they've leased the land to ranchers nearby. So they're making money leasing this land. They're making money on the oil rights. This is probably why he's worth so much like $750 million or a billion dollars isn't coming just from tithing. Like right. that's just impossible, but he's, he's managed to acquire so much land because he was down there so much earlier than anybody else that he's making money off of his land. Most likely. Um, he also lives in an 18,000 18,000 square foot mansion. Holy shit. And it is fully paid by the church. So he doesn't owe a dime of taxes. And the way that um, that works in Texas is that your house cannot be on more than an acre of land. So he's got this 18,000 square foot property that's on an acre. And then he just goes around and he bought all the acreage around him. So he pays a little bit of taxes on the land that's surrounding him. No taxes on the house crazy it's crazy and he just gets so, away with it not only is the prosperity gospel preacher he's also a landlord yeah <laughs> and, a, and a tax cheat and a tax cheat yeah so yeah, dude. Yeah, he, he's he defends he's always in defense mode right he's always like defend 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 because people call become, this might become like enemy number one for me i i totally would yeah dude absolutely dude. But I want you to, so when he started building the house, right? Because he built the house from the ground up. It's like custom to what he wanted. This is what he said. And this is from the Houston Chronicle. It says, it all started when God told him years ago to build that dream home, dream home for his wife, Gloria. Minister this house to her, he recalled the Almighty saying, it is part of your prosperity. Her vision, Gloria's, was vast, rising up three stories and sporting white columns in the front, the six-bedroom, six-bath estate on the shores of an exclusive lake community outside of Fort Worth has enough room to fit nearly four basketball courts, more than 18,000 square feet of living space and all. And then he said, you may think this house is too big, Copeland told the Believers Convention. You may think it's too grand. I don't care what you think. I heard from heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God told me to build a big house. Yep. <laughs> so God told me. He's like, Kenneth, I want you to live in luxury, baby. That's what God told him. Can't question it. So fuck all the other people. <laughs> 
So what he said is um, what he keeps going. He says what he didn't mention is that his heavily his heavenly plans are being underwritten by Texas tax taxpayers under a little known statute. The county appraisers say is too vague and permissive. The seven million dollar mansion owned by the Copelands uh, is considered a parsonage, a clergy residence qualifying for 100 percent tax breaks. I covered this. Um, so that means Copeland gets a pass on what would otherwise be an annual property tax bill exceeding $150,000, money that other local taxpayers must backfill to cover the cost of schools, oh, police, and firefighters. Christ. Yeah. Jesus. Dude, you're still in front of the children now? And <laughs> yeah. I think there's something like if you ever hear a minister talk about like, they want to defund the police. You go, no, fuckhead, you're actually defunding the police. Yeah. Like actively yeah. by not paying your taxes, you're defunding the police. Dude, that's crazy to me. Just like whenever they say they want to defund the police, who the fuck is they? Joe Biden? <laughs> Joe Biden doesn't want to defund the police. Kamala's no. an ex cop. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So uh, his so house. I, I told myself I won't go do political talk anymore on the show, but holy fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, holy money's shit. political. Money's yeah. political. Yeah. So on top of this, I mean, we only have records from 1996. He's pulling in a salary. Him and Gloria both pulling in a salary of over $300,000 just from the church. So, you know, that number has gone up. So he's living rent free in this house. No taxes. <laughs> he's getting a paycheck. He can pretty much do whatever he wants because he controls the board of directors um, on his property. There's another fun thing we're going to talk a lot about. Uh, Kenneth Copeland Airport. Kenneth Copeland Airport. Is this a public airport? Nope. He's got his own private airport on his property. Like a functioning uh, airport? A with... functioning airport. He uh, It houses all of his planes, of which he has many, his private planes. Um, I think he's got like seven or eight at this point. Um, and some of them are like old fighter planes that he likes to you know twirl around in right. they're like not practical planes they're like just two seaters that he loves because he's a he's a pilot he likes flying it's something that he always has liked to do um but he also he uses it for other visiting preachers that come to his place he lets them land their private planes on his airport and he charges them ten thousand dollars as a landing fee ten thousand jesus and he's like, come preach at my church, but it's going to cost you $10,000 to land your plane at my airport. <laughs> Charging 10000 for the airport pays yes. them about 5000 to preach at the church. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's so unbelievable. Um, so he justifies this a lot. Like uh, one of his things is that uh, people always ask him. how he justifies this. All right. You want to hear this? So this is an yeah, I want to hear this. All right. You're, gonna, you're not going to like this. <laughs> Here we go. This is him and Jesse Duplantis again. I told you, Jesse's always fucking around, man. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have done that on an airliner. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what'd you say, Lord? No. Okay, no, yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell? So really, sorry, I didn't set that up right. So yeah, he's Charlie talking would be about, the one saying, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, so he, I didn't, yeah, sorry. I meant to set that up. So they're talking about that um, Jesse got on a plane and God started talking to him. And he had to stand up and start walking back and forth on his private plane and listening to God. Right. And so that's right. something that you couldn't like, do. I like a commercial the title of this. It's demons on planes. Oh, just, just, just <laughs> wait. Just wait. Here we go. I'm going to start it over. You couldn't have done that on an airliner. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what'd you say, Lord? No. Okay. No. Yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? <laughs> you can't do you that. You can't do that. No, no. This, this is so important. And those of you that are, that are just now coming into these things, um, in, in the first place, 
Jesse and, 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 and I and, and others, Keith Moore and Creflo and all of us, they, the world is in such a shape, we can't get there without this. That's right. We've got to have this. We would have, the mess that the airlines are in today, I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative. At least 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing, because you can't get there and from here. It's impossible. So we, we ha and, and this was such a good illustration. I just, mm -hmm. the, the Lord impressed me. That's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Lord we God. can, it's we can, it, it's. Yeah, yeah. So that's he, why we have the private plane. So we can talk, that's, to, God. So we can talk to God talk and to we God. can do 90% more of the good work that we're doing because we don't have to mess with commercial airliners, What? but he continues and his tone changes a little bit. And this is in the same segment. I just kind of, I, I cut uh, to this part. So he, he, he goes on and he's got a lot of ways that he tries to justify these fucking planes. So this is it. Now, Oral used to fly airlines. Right. But it, even back mm -hmm. there then, man. It, He's talking about Oral Roberts, by yeah. the way. I don't know if you caught that. It got to the place where it was agitating his spirit, sure. people coming up to him. He right. had become famous, and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. You, you can't. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the And it, it's deadly. And, and it works on your heart. It really does. So I, anyway, I, I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say, see there, them preachers spending yeah. all that money, just, just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business. To do. Listen, I could scratch my flying <laughs> Listen, itch with my little single engine open cockpit airplane. Right. I just come home and fly around in that and scratch my flying itch. That doesn't have nothing to do with that. But right. we're, in, we're, in, we're in soul business here. Right. We, we got a dying world around us, Jesse. We got a dying nation around us. That's right. And we can't even get there on the and you can't. Yeah. So the people, the common people, the common folk. Demons. 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 Once they're going to point out you're schizophrenic, you're just enabling yourself being on a private jet so nobody can point this out to you. Or that you just generally don't like people and you don't want the filth being around you. You know, like, don't I, like I, the poor. Like, they really don't fuck right. with the poor. Don't like the poor. If you're not giving me money, I don't want, I mean, it's, it's, it's very much like I'll take money from these people, but I don't want anything to do with them. Right, right, right. The fucking, that filth that lives in yeah. the apartment. Fuck. Yeah. Tube of demons. So this is a really, I'm going to play another clip that's a follow up to that. So, <laughs> God. This is a really famous clip that. Uh, How has he not been shot in the fucking street yet? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. If there were any common decency in the world, somebody would go up and blow his fucking brains out in the street. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not preaching death, but it's going to come for him pretty soon. He's an old ass man. <laughs> so he was approached a few years later by an investigative reporter uh, at Inside Edition. This death. This clip went viral. But I want to play a little bit of it because she had a question about the demons on planes comment. She wanted to know what demons. exactly did he mean <laughs> yeah, about mean demons on planes? So she managed to corner him. I think it might be at his airport because he's about to get in a car. Um, but she this is an 11 minute clip and I highly recommend watching it because it is a fucking roller coaster of him like saying nice things and then getting like really nasty and then getting nice again. So here he is. Let's give it a let's give it a whirl. Do you ever do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes, for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We wrestle not 
with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Can you explain what you meant by that, that by that term then? Just, just explain, because it's really simple. You said you didn't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. What did you mean? The, well, let me ask you. Do you think that people that fly commercial are demons? You give me a chance to talk, sweetheart. I'll explain this to you. But it's a biblical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have anything to do with people. People, I love people. Jesus loves people. But people get pushed in alcohol. Do you think that's a good place for a preacher to be and prepare to go preach to a lot of people? Here it comes. When somebody in there is dragging some woman down an aisle, it made me so mad to see that on television. I wanted to punch the guy out myself. I can't be doing that while I'm getting ready to preach. I can't fly commercial. I'm going to wind up beating the fuck out of somebody. I can't be around booze either. Is what it sounded like to me. To yeah, be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is. It's a wild ride. But I just wanted to play t- really quick the way he oh. ends it. Like he tries to dude, save the way when face. he got in her fucking face. Oh, he's so nasty, dude. Dude, that what a fucking asshole. Right? What an asshole. And, and it Don't really you dare ever. Well, I'll put this in the show notes. It's worth watching, just seeing how his fucking face changes and like yeah. just like it really. Yeah. He like went full fucking demon himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then at the end of the interview, he tries to kind of recover, you know, because he knows no, this is an eleven minute interview too. You can't come back from that. Yeah, well, this is he. He certainly tries, and here he is. Sir, thank you so much for your time your today, name? Lisa Guerrero. Lisa, God bless, Father bless Lisa today. <laughs> thank you for her grandparents. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the opportunity to know her and to her team. And I pray and I believe her peace will be successful. Get your hands off her, you liver-spotted devil. I love people on it. And it thrills me to get a chance to have my face on Inside (laughs) Thank you very much, Reverend. You have a nice day. Man. Ooh, that makes me feel very uncomfortable <laughs> right <laughs> bros it's so gross but i'm like this is just i'm telling you roller coaster 11 minutes he goes from like don't you dare say nothing like i didn't say that to like darling what's your i love inside edition bless you and your family and everybody and um this yeah. guy so oh he, my god he's, he's schizophrenic and he's probably also got he's got uh, an anger problem for sure anger yeah. issues he probably has um oh what the not the mood swings but the uh bipolar yeah he's probably bipolar yeah. too i think he's just possessed <laughs> i mean totally could be i, I mean, think like I he's said, just an asshole i did say <laughs> the truth. i think that's i think that's the main he's problem an, he's an old asshole he's a with a lot of money and yeah. has never been told not to do something right you know like he's always been able to kind of get away with whatever he wanted to do I think he's a dick and he realized he slipped whenever he like got in her face like that. Like, oh yeah. shit, the cameras are there. I've got to yep. fucking, I've got to recover. Yep. I and, 100%. Yeah. So he, they are probably surprising no one. These guys have never been very cool with modern medicine. <laughs> yeah. You got to so, pray it away, man. Oh, pray man. it away. Yeah. So uh, in 2013, on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 2013, there was a measles outbreak in Texas, and it was linked back to his church and his 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 preaching against getting vaccines. That's 20, 2013. Um, two years later, Gloria uh, was up to her bullshit, saying the doctors give patients, quote, poison that will make you sicker. And that prayer through the church was an alternative to modern medicine. Um, so she was like, come to church and you don't need to go to those doctors. You know, she's going to the fucking doctor too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a doctor on staff and they're 18,000 oh, yeah. square foot mansion. 
Absolutely. So we're going to hear from Gloria because in 2018, she had something to say about the flu. You ready? Oh, she's, here we go. I, I definitely haven't focused on her, but she is just as much of a ghoul as he is. And she is definitely such an intricate part of his whole operation. So here's, here's Miss Gloria. I'm glad to know that Kenneth Copeland found his match. Yeah. I mean, he twice he found, struck found out. the one. Yeah, I found the one. And here is this lovely woman. Well, listen, partners, we don't have a flu season. We've got a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. And don't receive it when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. We've already had our shot. He bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. That's what we stand on. And by his stripes, we were healed. I don't think she understands like what duck season and deer season means. That's just when you're legally allowed to hunt. <laughs> to hunt. Uh, they don't only exist in deer season. <laughs> no, they also only exist because humans made the law. Like right, it's not right. flu season is not determined by a committee of bureaucrats or politicians. Right, right. <laughs> like something that happens all on its own every fucking year. I just, to me, I don't understand why that's the hill to die on. Gloria seems to have like it. She has it out for the fucking modern medicine. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. So you can only imagine what their reaction to COVID was. Oh, Jesus. Here big, we big go. Dr. Oz fan. This woman. Yeah. Well, no, because um, unlike Dr. Oz, Copeland claimed uh, that he was going to cure COVID. Oh, no. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. I want to hear this. It's not a very good quality. I couldn't find a better quality, but here it, here it is. COVID-19. COVID-19. <laughs> I blow the wind of God. The wind of God. On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. You are, you are destroyed, destroyed forever. And you will never be back. And, and you'll, you'll never, never be back. Thank you, our God. Thank, Thank you, our God. God. I'll never, ever, ever want to hear anybody criticize me watching wrestling again. Motherfucker, that's a promo, baby. <laughs> and he's got his, like, lackey George Pearsons up there, and they all just repeat after him with their Bibles that's open. That's shit, brother. That is cold right? shit. And he's so he's, low. And he was mad, too, because they, they wouldn't let in-person uh, church services happen. So he's actually preaching that to an empty church with his boys on stage with him. I blow. The wind of God. <laughs> Some of the uh, the soundboard that I found for him actually has other stuff from this, where he's also talking about how COVID doesn't like uh, the mugginess in the in the southeast, oh, yeah. and that's how it's going to die down there. It won't it won't survive there? Yeah, so. it is he I'm was like, really. I am a man that lives in the southeast that got COVID twice. I <laughs> wish that were true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he is. He was very. It was a. I mean, I actually think COVID was a real crisis for a lot of these preachers, and COVID was. I mean, Copeland was no exception. Um, I hope I but, didn't blow out my mic when I blew on it. No, you didn't. I didn't, okay. I didn't hear it. Um, but more than that, right? Obviously, COVID hit a lot of things they couldn't do uh, services in person. Um, Kenneth got really concerned about tithing during COVID. Oh, there's nobody there to tithe. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Tithe through PayPal, my friends. The oh, scan empty, this brother. code here you on go. your screen. Here's what you're supposed to do. According you to scan Mr. this QR code right here. Yeah. You guys are actually closer than you might think. <laughs> here we go. Fear of this, this 
coronavirus is is faith in its ability to hurt you or kill you. Uh, <clears throat> the, 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 the fear of what are we going to do? I'm getting laid off at work. Hey, your job's not your source. If it is, you're in trouble. Jesus is your source. Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing. Mm. Don't you stop sowing offerings. Well, they won't let us go to church. Well, email it in there, text the give or something, but you get your tithe in that church. Text if you have to go take it down there and drop it off and stick it under the door or something, right, you right. get that tithe in that church, you get that offering in that church, and then you go home and you do what we're supposed to do. <sighs> These people, like people are getting losing, like people are losing their homes. Oh my God, people yes. are losing their homes. But you and they tithe. don't give a fuck. They tithe don't comes before everything. They don't give a fuck. As long as the revenue stream doesn't dry up, oh, they don't give a shit. fuck, dude. That just unbel—it's unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable, and it's real. This is a guy yeah. worth seven hundred fifty million dollars worried about people tithing during. COVID. Oh no, a billion. He said he's a billionaire. A billionaire. I'd rather okay. take him out yeah. word. Why not? Yeah. So. Yeah. So he's I mean, so you, you mentioned politics and he's not a political guy very much. Right. He wasn't. He never really donated. He's not like Pat Robertson. Robertson right. is like Mr. Politics in in, in, in the church. Um, but in he went all in on fucking Trump, man. He loved Trump. And in 20. Yeah, right. In 2016, he was actually uh, Trump announced an evangelical executive advisory board. And of course, what does that mean? Oh, it's full of people. It was like it like there was like fourteen or fifteen people. Kenneth and uh Gloria Copeland were included. Paula White was included on it. Paula She's, White? Like Paula White Kane. No the the, fucking cook? No, that's Paula Dean. <laughs> oh, okay. Paula White is the one that, that fried chicken and said the N-word. Yeah, that's Paula Dean. That's not okay. Paula. I bet Paula White has said the N-word, though. I've seen her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's, she's a nut. Um, anyway, they're on this advisory board. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is because I want to play this clip. This is a clip of Copeland, uh, after Joe Biden was elected. This is what he told his ministry. And this is maybe the most unsettling clip I'm going to play. I, I oh, think no. anyway. <laughs> All right. You ready? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to get worse than I know you're losing your jobs, so but still tithe. But yeah, still that's horrible. This is unsettling. This is a okay. different feeling that I got from okay. this. Ready? The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 get poisoned by the joker the media 40 seconds he fake laughs for 40 seconds oh my god that's that's straight out of a horror movie that's really right? shit that's horror joker. Movie shit. joker brand oh my god holy fuck dude what what that just reminded me of batman 89 when the joker <laughs> poisons all those fucking people's cosmetics and they just start fucking giggling and laughing that's what that grin. was again and again and again <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> 40 seconds i timed it 40 seconds of laughter oh, that's nuts. and then he gets nuts. like the crowd gets all worked standing up standing ovation 
weird. It's weird shit, man. Weird, weird shit. Um, He's so, you know, he's like, since Trump was in office, he's definitely gotten a little bit more political than he used to be. He's, I mean, he's 74 and he probably watches a lot of Fox News, so it shouldn't be surprising that he's like, he seems like more of a Newsmax guy. Oh, yeah, maybe he's definitely a Newsmax guy for sure. But he said he's been saying some wild shit. Like he said that um, school shootings are a result of Bibles being removed from schools. Like if we'd had Bible, I was like, well, maybe if they were bulletproof, that'd be all right. right, right, right. I can't think of another way to do it. Um, But he's also, again, he's an old ass man. And even him, like when you watch enough of it, you're like, I don't understand what he's saying. Like, I can't make sense. Like where he's, he's like rambling old man thinking out loud, nothing connects, nothing actually lands or makes sense. But then there's people in there that are like, uh-huh oh my god that's a good point like you heard it in the jesus is rich right. like people are like yeah we don't really know what he's saying but he believes it so right. we're it's gonna not, go with it it's not we're not in the same reality as these no. people well, that's just what it comes down to like we're not in the same like we're in the same space but we're not in the same reality what you and i believe yeah to be fundamentally true they do not believe and that's what makes us that's the fucking problem well, that's the and problem we're, and we're broke and they're not and that's even worse yeah yeah. Well, he's not. I think his followers are broke, but he's not. All right. So sometimes this old ass man forgets what he's saying mid sentence. Right. And I want to put I want to put that out there because this is a this is this is what happens. Well, what did I say? Forgets what he was talking about. Oh no, the Lord interrupts him. Right. Right. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. And uh, give you a chance to raise your income. Praise God. You missed a place to shout right there that you need to get used to this now. <laughs> These are Canadians. They don't use yeah. shouting. Glory to God. Of course, all of our offerings will go toward the outreaches of Kenneth Copeland Ministries and and uh, especially Kenneth Copeland Ministries Canada. Nazi motherfucker and in it row. is and and the the territories under which the Canadian office uh, is. Here it is. She go on. Charlie's never seen that ever before. Your face, Charlie, man. That is speaking in tongues. That's what they mean. That's catching the spirit. That's speaking in tongues. He forgets what he's doing a lot and he'll just start speaking in tongues. (laughs) Like that's just, that's his trick to get around what he was talking about. He was like, he he started talking about his ministry in Canada, which he knows nothing about. And he just like lost track of it. And then Sigma, Hamalama, Sigma. So yeah, that's that's an old trick, but he definitely uses it uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, so that is, I mean, more or less, that's that. Biden should use that trick. I think that'd be real fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark <laughs> Brandon, talk. Dark Brandon should use that trick. Yeah, yeah, like he just starts speaking in tongues. Man, yeah. that, God, that would make people go crazy. Comedy. That oh would my be God. comedy. <laughs> um, but. You know, that that's kind of him in a nutshell. I feel like we didn't have to go as deep because we've covered preachers before. You know, like the, this is just a guy that's like exceptionally heinous and very successful, you know, with 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 his grips and what he's been doing. Right. But I do want to kind of close before we close the show. I want to play one more clip of Kenneth having a little happy time on stage. A little happy time. A little happy time. I like he's it. I he's like very it. happy. He's very happy until um, something goes wrong, but he's not mad at the crew. <laughs> 
That's his wife, Gloria. He's about to serenade her. My God. Had my share. I'm getting some. I'm singing three times. I don't like that. (laughs) Where'd that come from, man? I told you we got to have a new sound system. Now you believe God with me. Then away in the world, I'm gonna sing with myself three different times. Bring your background to the grip, brother. Go back to the top of that, please. Take two. I've had my share of life's ups and downs. God's so good. Downs have been few. (laughs) I know it's because he has blessed me. And I know it's because he gave me you. I can't. I can't do anymore. Anyone? <laughs> He's still got a pretty good voice. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna give him that. But yeah, yeah. So he's still singing. He's still he singing. Still old singing. Gloria. Um. But yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's. I, yeah, like I said, I, I feel like we paid the groundwork when we talked about like A. Allen, right. Leroy Jenkins, and 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 um, oh, yeah, Joel, Leroy Jenkins, man, and Joel Osteen. But like, this is this is definitely like on that same platform. I mean, right. this guy has got the balls to, he even um, asked after he bought his second private plane, which was funded by the church, he did a fundraiser to raise $2.5 million from his followers to uh, get upgrades for the plane. Like he didn't even disguise it. He was like, I need to upgrade Fucking... my plane. It's going to take $2.5 million. It's gross, um, man. To upgrade it. He actually it's bought, gross. he actually bought one of his planes from Tyler Perry. Um, and he said he he's another the, gross motherfucker. Yeah, he's famously said he's like, well, Tyler gave me such a good price, I couldn't have said no. I'd be irresponsible for not buying that <laughs> plane for the amount of money that he wanted me to buy it for. Um, so yeah, he's just a gross dude, right? Who is like, I mean, it, I just I feel like it's so blatant. You don't even need to explain yeah, the phrase. It's in like, your face. It's just there. It's, it's in, in your, your face. It's in your face. But he's just a despicable old man. And he runs with a pack of other um, despicable old men. And just, yeah, he's just gross. And I don't like him. But I think you have to talk about him because he has made so much money. You yeah. know, like, I mean, this guy. Billion dollar preacher. 
billion dollar preacher, the one and the only. I, I kept seeing lists that were like, he's one of the wealthiest preachers in America. And I was like, he is the wealthiest preacher. Yeah. Like, name another one. He's the Bill the Gates States. of preachers. But he, but, and then he's like, but he's also like launched all these careers, like Benny Hinn, who's a faith healer and he's, he's a psycho too. Creflo Dollar came from, from, um, Copeland. Like they all have followed in his footsteps. Like he's become the guy. He's like the authority. He's the prophet. Right. He's the one that like speaks the word of gospel or the word of faith movement. That's the new leader. You know, it's not Hagen because Hagen's been dead. And there's wild other, I mean, there's so much footage of this guy out there um that i just i really had to like believe it or not i had to like pare down what i had gotten because <laughs> i, was I like, don't doubt it we need to i want to just make a few points and get out of here i mean we yeah. played 13 clips which is more These than are my ever... favorite episodes though whenever <laughs> we have a lot of like material in front of us I well love he's it. alive and he puts yeah. content out there you know like he's got a youtube channel and he he puts up these these 30 minute sermons every week and he's still very much you know active i just think he doesn't know any better you know like he's been doing he could retire like wh- wh- how much money do you need before you yeah, retire? but this shit's a fucking disease right there's it never is. enough it's never yeah. enough there's never enough you will never have enough money and you're going to get it by hook or by crook yeah, you're just addicted to the thrill of stealing other people's money. Right, right, right. It's like me pocketing an Uncrustable at Walmart. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it's like. You, 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 with a, I don't need the Uncrustable. I just do it for the thrill. With a damp Uncrustable in your pocket yeah. versus Kenneth Copeland with a billion dollars in his bank. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> uh yeah he's he's a scumbag he's he's a hundred percent and he just and and part of the the you know i think we're gonna release we're gonna try to release this on video because i think you need to see him right you know in action like I a agree. lot of it is seeing this man so do yourself a favor check out that inside edition interview it is it is truly something and if i could have played the entire 11 minutes i probably would have just played it but everybody would be bored to listen to that yeah so uh, i think we're gonna take it home now right yeah let's do it yeah, that's all, right. all i got Fuck yeah. Well, we got friends. Check out our friends at Pod Van Dam. Super fantastic. If you catch my grifts, X over, hit my music pod. You can we find are us. if you catch my grift. You know that, right? Like if they're listening to us, they're not. They already did I say if you catch my grift. Yes, you yes, did. did. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Leave it in. You can find us on socials. You can find me on socials at Grift Boy Doll. You can find Austin on. No, you can show sure nope. <laughs> social right now. <laughs> That's okay. Leave that in. I may be back. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll be back sometime, but when he comes back, you can find him at GoDaddy. Wait, GoDaddy? No, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was there thinking... are so few edits this whole episode. And then you I was get thinking of Austin at GoGo at the same so time. Bad. I was thinking of your old Twitter handle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can find Austin on Twitter at Griff Daddy when I when return. He comes back, yeah, like Jesus, find... I'll be back. Yeah, he'll be. He will be back. You can find Charlie on Twitter at Charlie underscore Butters. <laughs> oh uh, man! Okay, and um, make sure you send your tithings to Patreon.com forward slash. Yeah. If you catch my grift, yes, yeah. we need that money to get our own private jet. Thank you. We, we did we, not plug the Patreon this whole episode. Well, we don't promise anything, but we would. Do, we do like to stay advertising free because I think advertising is kind of a grift, um, and I don't want I don't. that to change. I don't. I'm the, I'm gonna, if you want to listen, y'all, if you want for Austin, we just have commercials on this thing fucking day one. Yeah, day so we'll one. be talking about shaving his balls every single episode <laughs> with true. trimmer. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, but dude, I use it. I use the product. So do I, I really do. but still, like... 
I use I mean, it on my balls and I bring it to my face and trim my beard. So you have me to thank for not having commercials because I put my foot down very early on. So go show us some love on Patreon. It's five bucks a month and Dalton might send you his social security number um, if I you might. ask him nice enough on there because yeah. that's just kind of his brand. Um, and yeah. we've sent stickers out to our, our Patreon members and uh, we're working on other things. I just found something else I really want to do. So. Yeah, yeah. he's all Charlie sent it to us during the episode. <laughs> I, wasn't paying, I was doing the episode. I haven't looked. <laughs> I was uh, doing anything but this episode. So. <laughs> Charlie doesn't like our religious episodes. I I do. You get too into the weeds on them, while me, and it's I love just, it. it's not I love even it. it's not even that deep. It just just uh, like you said, I gloss over and I'm on you my do. phone. You do. It's okay. But I'm trying to do stuff for the podcast but while I'm on my phone. I'm telling you, it just... it, preachers, man, preachers and psychics, I think are probably our bread and butter. Uh, <laughs> and there'll be another psychic episode very soon. I found some fun ones. Um, some some different people that are not quite as depressing as Sylvia Plath or, or Sylvia Plath, Sylvia Brown. <laughs> Wow. Jeez, wow. wow we're just throwing out all kinds of weird names oh, at the end of this um so yeah so i guess until next time stay go knows go falcons go braves at my the, my the, the best time of year right now college football is back nfl is back baseball is heading into the postseason we're doing it we're doing it we're doing it baby back to back raise back to back raise back to back also send it home fuck the falcons stay beautiful